Hey, welcome everybody to the Wild at Heart podcast here in the week of December 19th. Oh my goodness, it's, December 19th. It's Christmas week. Yes, Merry Christmas early. Yeah, we just, Stacy and I in the studio this week, really just to send love from all of us here to all of you and wish you a Merry Christmas week. Yes, blessings to you, favor, joy to you. Yeah, grace and mercy, <laughs> grace and mercy. We do have a beautiful podcast for you this week and just want to turn our hearts and our thoughts towards Jesus in the midst of a time of year that for many people is is very sacred and yes and wonderful and for a lot of us is also hard yeah yeah because we're just navigating all sorts of things from work to crises to family stuff right or those that are their loneliness is heightened yeah, exactly. so mercy friends yeah so we're just here to extend some love and yeah. some joy and and to bring to us something that is available to all of us, yes. all of us, which is the loving presence of God with our hearts this week. And so I want to begin by reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem the city of David, and you will recognize him. By this sign, you will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go! <laughs> Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Oh, come, let us behold him. That was the call to the shepherds, and that's the call to each one of us this week, whatever our situation may be. Yes. And hun, you gave a talk um, last week on on this to to a group of ladies, and you were talking about why it's so important to behold Jesus right now. W why? Tell me why that was on your heart. Oh, it's so vital in this world that we're living in and in this season particularly, because I'm guessing that the biggest issue facing our listeners right now? Is it what present to get someone that would be perfect or how many cookies to bake? Right. I mean, there are larger forces at play in all of our lives, yeah. all of them. It's, it's the pain and the sorrow does not take a holiday. So there is grief and loss in everyone's life. And if not in their life, then 
a bet in a person very close to Just one circle out. Just one circle out. So, John, everybody, we need more than just a little Christmas right this very minute. Yeah. We need Jesus. Yeah, we really do, gang. And and this is the gift of Christmas for unto us. Yes. A gift has been given, a child, a Savior. And wherever we are, whatever our situation, this remains the central gift of Christmas. Mm -hmm. Whatever other things we're hoping for or missing, we have this. And so... Um, we're actually going to play an excerpt for you now from this beautiful talk that Stacy gave on turning our eyes on Jesus and beholding him, because I, I just don't know what better thing we could give you all than to share in this experience together. So we're going to listen to a little bit uh, of this beautiful talk, and then we'll come back. Sometimes it takes hardship for us to turn our gaze onto Jesus. Some of our most profound and intimate encounters with God happen when we are on the floor sobbing out our desperate need. Sometimes it is pain that is what C.S. Lewis calls the megaphone to a hurting world. Come to me, he cries. Come. When my mom had only a few weeks left to live, she wrote a note that said that her unexpected diagnosis had been the greatest gift that God had ever given to her. She called it the most precious gift because it had drawn her to his feet. And there she had found him more than enough higher than her desires and more alluring than life itself, beauty, hope, triumph. When my friend Craig McConnell, who many of you knew, was either in the hospital or at home battling leukemia, racked with pain, he spent his time worshiping God and praying for others. I am one of the happy recipients of those prayers. And that worship, beauty, hope, triumph. How do we learn to turn to God? How do we get there? Well, we need to practice it to fix our gaze on him when we are not in a crisis so that we know where to find life when we are. Christmas is about him, obviously, and it's a wonderful season where we might discover more deeply who he is and all of his splendor and his wonder. Who is he? He is the one who has saved us and is saving us. He is the one who has healed us and is healing us. He is the one who has come for us, is coming for us, and who will never stop. He is the one who moved by love, laid down his glory, and in unmatched humility took on our humanity forever to live, to die, to rise, and to ascend that we might be saved. Him. 
He is the one who is faithful. He is the one who will never abandon us. He is the one who works all things together for our good. He is the one who promises that he will finish what he started. Song of Songs 5.16 says, He is altogether lovely. Other translations say, He is altogether desirable. He is wholly lovely. King James says, he is altogether lovely. Lovely there meaning able to excite desire or love. Eric Gilmore says of Sonship International, he says, God is so heavy with love that it drops into the earth and he enters into the restrictions and frailties of the human body. In Christ, he chooses to be human forever. It's mind-boggling humility, character, sweetness. It's easy for his name, he says, to become tasteless in our mouth when we forget who he is. Christ, to be heard, to be seen, is to lose your heart when our desire, if our desire for him becomes weak, it is simply because our vision has become blurred. We are not seeing him clearly. If there is a season where um, our love affair with Jesus seems to have grown cold or stale, the answer is turn your attention on him again. Fix your gaze on him again, his person, his words, his nature his character, who he is, and what he's done, what he's like. The more we behold God as he really is, the more our hearts are stolen away by him, and worship just freely rises. I'm going to read something that A.W. Tozer wrote almost 50 years ago. I love this. He wrote, The teaching of the New Testament is that now, at this very moment, there is a man in heaven appearing in the presence of God for us. He is as certainly a man as was Adam or Moses or Paul. He is a man glorified, but his glorification did not dehumanize him. Today, he is a real man of the race of mankind, bearing our lineaments and dimensions, a visible and audible man, whom any other man would recognize instantly as one of us. But more than this, he is the heir of all things. He is the Lord of all lords, the head of the church, the firstborn of creation. He is the way to God, the life of the believer, the hope of Israel, and the high priest of every true worshiper. He holds the keys of death and hell and stands as advocate and surety for everyone who believes in him in truth. Salvation comes not by accepting the finished work or deciding for Christ. It comes by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, the whole living victorious Lord who as God and man fought our fight and won it accepted our debt as his own and paid it, took our sins and died under them and rose again to set us free. 
This is the true Christ, and nothing less will do. Amen and amen. His name is the highest name. His name is Jesus. The angel Gabriel said, you will give him the name Jesus. You know Yeshua. Yeshua means salvation. Our Savior's name and his purpose are one in the same. Yeshu, the Hebrew word, the root for Yeshua means that which God will do for man or that which God has already done for man. Yeshua, he has done it. He has won it. It is finished. He alone is worthy of all our praise. Who is he? Jesus says that when we see him, we see the Father. He says he is exactly like his dad. Hebrews 1 says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, the sun is the gleaming brightness of God's glory. He is the exact representation of his father. The love and the gentleness that we see in Christ is an exact representation of the kindness present in God. His fierceness his righteous anger, his passion, his zeal, his kindness, his mercy, his gentleness, his sense of humor, his generosity, his faithfulness, all of it. He is altogether lovely. He is altogether magnificent. Hebrews 1, 3 says that he uses his powerful word, word to hold all things together. He holds all things together. This is an amazing statement. It's in the present tense. It, it means not only did he, at one time, he held all things together. No, it's what he's doing right now, holding all things together. Colossians 1, 16, 17 says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. He holds them together. Remember, he didn't just do it. He's doing it right now. The Bible teaches that Jesus is so powerful that he holds it together by his words. This is crazy when you think about it the universe. Hebrews 1, 1 through 4, God, who at various times in his various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. The book of Hebrews emphasizes that Jesus is better or superior to the angels, to the law of Moses, 
to Moses, to the Jewish priesthood, to all of it. At the writing of this book, Jewish believers were considering leaving Christ and going back to the law of Moses. And the writer is saying, why would you do that? He is so much better. He is supreme. He starts by reminding them of the power of Jesus and who he is and the sacrifice that he made on their behalf. And then he continues on revealing his power that he holds the universe together by his word. Friends, the active power of God is behind the mysterious force that holds every atomic nucleus together. He is sustaining the universe. Scientists have discovered this force, but they can't explain it and they can't understand it. God sustains the universe by the power of his word moment by moment. How? By the highest name, by the name above all names, Yeshua, Jesus. Salvation is the highest name. Salvation is the highest name. Salvation is woven into the fabric of the universe. Who is this Jesus? He is salvation. He is peace. He is, like the Messiah sings, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting savior. He is the king of kings. Ah, Jesus is perfect love, unremitting, immovable, powerful, never changing, holds all things together, love. You remember that Jacob labored for seven years for Rachel and it passed quickly for him because of his great love for her. Jesus has labored for us. He has waited. Jesus is greater than Jacob. He has a greater love than Jacob. He is a greater deliverer than Moses. He is a greater captain than Joshua. He is a better king than David. He is more wealthy than Solomon. He has ascended higher than Enoch. He's walked closer to God than Elisha. He's wiser than Daniel. He's more faithful than Hosea. He's stronger than any tempest, a better friend you cannot know. He is the lamb that was slain. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is matchless. He is Jesus. He is salvation. Let us behold him as he is, because when we do, it awakens our desire for him. And we fall evermore in love with, captured by, captivated with, surrendered to, smitten by Jesus simply by beholding him. Nothing compares to his presence. Oh, Stace, thank you for those thoughts. That, that is what I need this week. That is what I need over the next couple of weeks as, as I head into Christmas, but also as I come out of it, I, I need Jesus. Yes, yes, you know, more than ever. And to get to talk about 
is beautiful person. There's nothing better to talk about. There's nothing better to gaze at, not just at Christmas, but every day of our lives, but never more essential than now. Yeah, because as we turn our hearts to him in love, especially in pain, in disappointment, what I've discovered I need to do is this. I enter into all places of longing, all places of hope. I have hopes for the week. I hope yes. there'll be some good things. Yes. As I enter into places of loneliness, I enter those places consciously in my heart and love him there yeah. and turn my attention to him there and he's able to meet me Yes. and he's able to sustain me. You know, um, friends, Stace and I have had a, a month like everybody else. We've had some really hard news within our community this month and actually several pieces of really hard news. And we had to have Jesus catch our heart. There's just nothing else that works. No, no. And I, I love it. You said, John, it's so critical and so powerful to love Jesus in those places, from those places. Yeah. And then we also remember that we are not alone in them. Yes. He is with us. He is Emmanuel, mm. God with us. Yeah. Yeah. So friends, let's all pray together for our week and for our Christmas, whatever it's whatever it's going to be. I think it'd be very powerful for all of us to pray together. So Father, thank you for the greatest gift the world has ever been given. Thank you for the greatest gift that we could ever be given. Thank you for sending your son we receive him. I receive the gift of Jesus in a fresh and deep way into the very depths of my being right now, into my entire created being. I receive the gift of Jesus and through him everything, my healing, my ransom, my salvation, I receive my recreation, for we are created anew in Christ. I receive the gift of my recreation right now, in this week, right here. We receive you, Jesus. We receive you. We love you. We do behold you. We turn our hearts to you this week. We turn our gaze to you. Holy Spirit, would you help us? Would you help us? Holy Spirit that reveals Christ, help us this week. And as a fellowship of the friends of Jesus, we all consecrate our week to you. Our final plans or lack of plans, our travels or or staying home. We consecrate our holidays. We consecrate what is sacred or at least meant to be. We consecrate Christmas Eve. We consecrate Christmas Day. And then we consecrate afterwards. Yes, God. All of it to you. Jesus, would you come and be Lord, Lord as you deserve to be Lord, in this week and in this Christmas time, in all that it is going to be for us, 
we turn our gaze to you and we receive the gift. We receive Christ and our recreation in him. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Okay. Okay. There it is. Yeah, there it is. So, gang, from our whole staff, if they could all be in here, (laughs) they would all say to you, we love you. We love being your friends and walking with you together as we walk with God throughout the year. And, And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. 